say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Warning. This show contains adult political themes and language. Liberals and little children should cover their ears. Welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps, where negativity never sounded so good. Now here's your host, Thomas Purcell. Good morning and welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps. Make sure to follow the show at our website at libertyneversleeps.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Liberty Time. And now you can watch the live video feed tape at Real Liberty Never Sleeps on Facebook.com, as well as catch us on YouTube.com. Good morning, Monday morning. Monday morning is always I'm on fire, ready to go. I've been, you know, all weekend, I've been catching the news. And even though I, I put everything out of my mind, I do my gardening work, you know, clean up, futz around the house, and maybe we go to the movies. But I didn't go see but the Avengers movie, by the way, Endgame. I'll wait. $1.2 billion opening. Not to take the show off politics, but I just want to mention it. $1.2 billion in ticket sales during opening weekend for that. Everybody went to see it. Everybody and their brother went to see it, right? So I, I said, no, I'll catch you next week. Next week, it'll be, it'll be probably busy. You'll have to go early, but it won't be crazy busy. I don't want to deal with the crowds. I don't want to deal with the lines. I don't want to deal with other people's kids. I remember when I was younger, I would go to the Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. You can tell. Back, I'm also one of those people who love Star Trek too. Love Star Trek. Love Star Trek. Love Star Wars. I'm one of those weirdos that just loves the genre, right? And I would go to those midnight showings when back, you know, the Clone Wars and re- the original Return of the Jedi in 1982. I would go to the opening at midnight the night before. Oh, it was a big thing. You know, I used to convince my roommates to go with me and stuff. I remember one time, and it was packed. I mean, lines. We'd have to wait for hours before the movie just to get in. That's how packed it was. There just weren't as many movie theaters back then. So I remember I was waiting in line. We got into the scene. Everybody's waving their plastic lightsabers around. You know, it's crazy. It's midnight showing. Everybody's going to be. All the kids are there. <laughs> and some guy comes in. This is a funny story. He comes into the movie. And it, I mean, every seat is full. All right. It's obvious. We've all been there for like an hour. You know, they let you into the theater back then early on those midnight shows because there's no other showing after, before or after. So they let you in early until the seats fill. Some guy shows up at the last three minutes of the show, and he's got this whole tray of popcorn, nachos, and Cokes. Big guy. And he walks in, he looks up at the theater, and it's, I mean, it's packed. There isn't a seat available. And he looks like he throws his friggin' box of food and cokes down. He goes, this is ridiculous, and storms out. He was so angry. I, he'd probably go to the manager and go, hey, look, you sold me a ticket, and there's no seats. You know, that kind of thing. And he threw all his food, his popcorn, and everything. That he's got so angry. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in the movie theater. Anyway, I just didn't want to deal with it. Avengers, it wasn't, I mean, I'm. The, you know, I want to see it because it's really the last, It believe me, the superhero genre is dying. The future of superhero movies, as you're going to see, is in that movie, The Joker, with, with Joachim Phoenix, which is a character study. That's the future of, of superhero movies. The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, that's, that's the future. The past is the Marvel movies, The Avengers. Believe me when I tell you, this is, the change that's coming. People are going to tune out to these superhero movies. They're, they're going to, all right? Speaking of tuning out, let's get back to the original topic, as long as you know we're talking about it, about crowds and rallies, Trump rallies. 
they the the media conceals how many people are actually going to these rallies. Donald Trump is the president of the United States, and as such, he requires a fair amount of security because people are constantly threatening him, you know, doing things like throwing the cell phone at the stage, if you saw that when he was at the NRA meeting. That being said, and so they don't book like stadiums. They book a house of like 6,000, 8,000 people because in a smaller and close setting, the Secret Service can protect them better. There's a lot of reasons for it. I don't want to get into specifics. But the truth be told, Donald Trump can fill stadiums, all right? Whenever you those, those, those rallies, they're showing those rallies, there's like another 11, 12, 15,000 people standing outside. As a matter of fact, at Trump rallies, they set up monitors a lot of times. They set up big screen monitors out, outside wherever he's talking so that you can see the rally. Now, it's free. They don't charge a ticket for it. But people wait literally hours or maybe even days in some communities to see the president. And so they always report how many people are in the room, right? And Donald Trump says, hey, we're, you know, we're packing them in, and the media won't tell you. And then the media prints the story. He's lying. There was only 6,000 people in the room. Yeah, because the room only handled 6,000. And they don't talk about, you know, Beto O'Rourke and Joe Biden, but they show those camera pictures of the crowds around Beto O'Rourke and, and Joe Biden, but they don't show you the big picture. The guy standing back on the hill will take a picture with his cell phone and show you. They're not filling it. They're not filling anywhere near the level that Trump is. And, and the crowd certainly isn't as excited. You watch. You look at a Beto O'Rourke. You look at, at a Bernie Sanders rally, and, and people there just aren't jazzed. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Tom Trump's an asshole and stuff like that. But you go to a Trump rally, and those fucking people are rabid, man. They're ready to – I mean, they're screaming things like, lock her up. <laughs> they're crazy. They love the guy. I remember when, when Barack Obama was giving speeches. He would have rallies too. Don't let him tell you that Trump was the only one who has rallies. Don't, don't let him show you that Trump is the only one who got their big political speech. The, the Barack Obama did it too. Remember how they used, to, they used to show a Barack Obama rally when he was president? president always packs people in, by the way. Donald Trump's those crazy. Barack Obama would have a rally. And he would be talking, and then he would – they would – I'm telling you it was a setup. They would have some woman swoon, you know, in the front row and go, oh, it, get to the paramedics, the lady okay, every time, every, which made me tell you, oh, that ain't real. You know, can, if it happened once, it's one thing. But when the guy comes out and says, hey, would you help that lady and does it in every time, it's a setup to make you think that, that – would. you know, Jimmy Carter was the same way, but it's bullshit, bullshit. He would carry empty suitcases to his car, make you think he was the common man. He's empty. Suitcases empty. Secret Service take a real luggage later on. This is typical of the Democrats. These are the lies. See, the media tells you. The media will tell you a different thing. Then they'll get some fire chief who's a union boss, right, who owes favors to somebody, lie about the crowds and stuff like that. It's a bunch of nonsense. Donald Trump packs him in far more than Bernie Sanders, Beto Orr, all of them put together. He's going to win the election in 2020. No question in my mind. I mean, you know, the, it, the way the Democrats win is by concealing the truth. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. This is what CNN does. They, they print facts and then they say, oh, we tell the truth. We're always honest and we tell the truth. What they're not telling, it's what they're not saying. And that's, and that's a lie too. Concealing the truth is a lie. They're not telling you that there's 11,000 other people outside. They're not telling you that people wait for days and then just go home because they can't, they can't deal with the crowd. They can't wait forever. They're not telling you that Joe Biden, Beto O'Rourke, they, they don't pack them in. They talk about fundraising, and, and they go, oh, Bernie Sanders raised $5.2 in his first day, right? They don't tell you that Donald Trump has been raising money like an obscene madman and has as much money as all of them put together. They don't tell you that a lot of these individual donations are unions and public action committees that are just using names and, and funding. You know, I remember I caught the Republican Party doing it. My name was in there, and I'm like, I never donated to the Republican Party. Someone, right? They just grab names from the list, and then it, then money suddenly appears. It's it's fraud, is what it is. It's election fraud, but it goes on. It's routine, and that's the, that's what I think is going on with these Joe Biden and and. Bernie Sanders and all this money comes in. <laughs> butt geek. I think but Barack Obama may be behind butt geek. I think. I don't know if something's going on with that. There's no way that butt geek is that popular. 
forget it. No way. No friggin' way. Then they're coming out and saying, well, butt gig is, is actually going to be a problem for the, because he's like Christian and family values. And that represents a problem for Donald Trump. Are you kidding me? The guy's gay. There is no way religious right people, the hard right, are going to ever vote for Budkin. Nope. They just have an anti – I mean, Mike Pence people – my people that vote, would vote for Mike Pence are going to suddenly switch to Budkin. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. They're just coming up with the narrative. The lies that they tell you, they're concealing the truth. Donald Trump is usually popular. Many of the votes that are going to the Democrats are manufactured. Are, are when we've talked about this on, on an electioneering, it's legal, it, it's ballot harvesting and whatnot. And then there's, of course, that they're being overrepresentative in the House of Representatives, they're being overrepresentative in the Electoral College. It's all a friggin' lie. It's all made up. There is no way that any one of these Democrat candidates is as popular as Donald Trump. But somehow they're going to manufacture a vote and they're going to make it look closer than it is. Hillary Clinton, I could get. I get that. She'd been a politician for many years. She had a political machine, and she, she manufactured some votes too as well. But these other candidates, are, they aren't even as popular as Hillary Clinton. Honest to God. I, I, I count, tell, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you now, America is not a socialist nation. It's not a progressive left nation. Are there people that, that believe in that and think that that's a better way for America? Yes. But they are not the majority of the nations. They are not a real threat, not to Donald Trump. The real threat to Donald Trump will be a Democrat who runs as a Republican. Mark my words. And Joe Biden is trying that. I'm the more moderate candidate. I'm the more safe candidate. It, I, it's all a big friggin' lie. It's the truth that's being concealed. Everyone who is a Democrat is a leftist, is a socialist, and is looking to dismantle this country and reinvent it as a European republic. Trust me when I tell you, anyone with a D, I don't care who they are and what they are saying. They are not trustworthy. They vote as a block. And once they get power, out come the socialist programs. Trust me when I tell you. You just have to trust me on that. But do your own research. Again, like I always say. Anyway, we got to talk. I want to talk about unions and the right to work because it came up in a Facebook post. I said, you know, I haven't talked about unions that often. And I think it's time we talk about what right to work is. And what unions are, because they're trying to dismantle right-to-work states. And I'm going to talk about that in a number of things. We're going to talk about Biden. Biden says, oh, the rest of the world wants me to, to run for president. That tells you something. He thinks it's a good thing. It's not. And then I want to talk a little bit about the changing characteristics of the American electorate and, and what's going on and what some of these Homeland Security people are now saying. And then a little bit on the lie about weight and junk food and sugar and fat. And that's a non-political thing, but I think it's necessary to talk about because, and we'll get to it why. Uh, let's take a break. And I want to talk about unions and the right to work next. We'll be right back. You know, one of the things that I haven't talked about in a while are labor unions and the right to work. Now, I want to start this with something that's probably going to shock you. I believe in labor unions. I think that people have a right to collectively bargain, that people have a right to go to their boss and say, we want more money, we want more benefits. I think that's the American way, and I think that labor unions provide a check to capitalistic greed. There is such a thing as capitalistic greed. If a business owner knows that you've got no place else to work or you're in a particular field where they control the market in any way, in any form, then they will use that to their advantage. That's, that's what businesses do. It's greed. Got to make more money. Cut back on labor costs. And there's nothing wrong with greed. Greed is what makes a free market system work. It's the desire for greater profits. You make a better product at a lower price than your competitor. You make more money. Simple as that. Free market economics work. That's why when you go into a store, there's 50,000 antiperspirants. And the reason I use that example is because Bernie Sanders says that's what's wrong with capitalism. 
I say that's what's right about Campbell. You got a choice. And all those companies are competing with each other to make their product more appealing to you, better quality, and a lower price. That's what free market economics. But there needs to be a check on that too. It can go too far. The check on that is labor unions. The, the workers say, let's all get together. We want more money. We want better working conditions. And that's the way the American economy developed over time. The problem is government got involved. Government began to protect labor unions, began to say, well, they can collectively bargain, but the business can't fire them. And they interfered in the free market and unions grew quite powerful on that and used the money from their union dues as a block to vote in more Democrats who are friendly to unions, bad system. When government gets involved in the free market, it breaks the free market every time without fail. So I'm a big fan of labor unions, but I'm not a big fan of protecting labor unions insofar as workplace rules. Now, as time has progressed, many of the benefits that labor unions were collectively bargaining into the private marketplace have been enabled in law. Certain amount of hours you can work per day, then there's overtime pay. They have to give you break time. They have to pay a minimum wage. These are all things that labor unions collectively bargain for. I'm not a fan of government laying rules. I'm more of a fan of letting the marketplace handle it. If labor unions want to collectively bargain and get those better, then all too power to them. But there shouldn't be government interfering. But nevertheless, we have that. That ship has sailed, so to speak. So as time has progressed, labor unions are less how should I say, appealing to the guy working in the workplace. He says, well, why do I need the labor union? I can, I, if I'm a teacher, for instance, and I work for this union, this district, I don't want to belong to the union to pay all these dues. I just want to work. And they made laws called right to work states, which say, doesn't matter if the union collectively bargained a certain pay package, you get it whether you're belonging to the union or not. And if you don't donate dues to that union and the union collapses, well, then, then the private marketplace has spoken. I'm a big favor of right to work for the, most right to work states. In other words, where that is protected, that you have a right to work. You don't need to belong to the union to work or collectively bargain. You can collectively bargain on your own too. Where that exists, employment levels are higher than in non-right-to-work states. On the average, worker pay in non-right-to-work states is a little bit higher, but the unemployment is much higher too. This is something you should be aware of. Many of the Democrats are saying now, well, we need to get rid of collective uh, right-to-work states. It's not fair that you can work at a pay rate, at a pay scale that the union collectively negotiated for. And I understand that point of view, but my argument is very simple. The free market, if people don't donate dues to that union and that union folds, and then of, of course, as private workplace now says, well, there's no union, we're not going to honor any of these contracts, we're gonna lower the pay, then you have a right to collectively bargain and donate dues again. That's the way the free market works. And that prevents the unions from going be, to be too powerful. When you have a right to work state, you have a check on the power of unions. If you don't have a right to work state, then the unions are the ones in charge. Then the unions say, oh, you can work or you can't work. Then it gets to the point where you got to have a union card to work. And that's a problem. Because unions use that as a weapon against you as a people. They then say, well, we're going to donate money to only political leaders that allow and prevent right-to-work states. And you don't have a right to work. You don't get even a job. You sit at home and you collect social welfare. And so as a result, you become dependent on state and dependent on the very politicians that unions keep in power. That's why right-to-work is very important. It's so that Collective bargaining doesn't get too powerful either. And it is a problem. You know, they talk about Citizens United. Citizens United was a ruling in which the Supreme Court said that groups of people have the same rights 
as individuals. If 100 people get together and say, we want to donate money in this way, government can't prevent that. You have a right. That's a freedom of speech issue. And so what happened is this. It allowed corporations and businesses to provide money to campaign leaders, to politicians, the same way that unions have been doing it for years. Unions were protected under these laws. That's what Citizens United broke. It wasn't so much the donation to politicians they're trying to prevent. It's breaking the union's power. Because if unions were able to do this, if unions were able to collectively bargain, take money, take their dues, and then supply it to a politician, and individuals, private corporations and such, weren't, it put them in an advantageous position as far as freedom of speech. And so this is what the Supreme Court said. The Supreme Court said, no, any group of people can collectively bargain and provide that money to who? The politician. And it essentially allowed Republicans, which are much more in touch with corporations, business leaders, small businessmen, allowed them to raise money as same as unions. And it changed the characteristic of the American workplace. This is one of the reasons why more and more states are going right to work and more and more states have flipped state legislators, state houses and such. It, 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 Citizens United, which is linked to right to work and unions, allowed Republicans to raise money in the same way that unions and Democrats did. And that's, that's why it changed the complexion. That's why you lost a thousand seats to Barack Obama. And of course, the narrative. People were upset. People didn't, weren't happy with Barack Obama. People weren't happy with the Democrats. That's why a thousand seats. But now it allowed them to raise money, you see. And that's why unions have attacked freedom of speech in this country. They're attacking right to work space, right to work places, right to work states, right to work laws. And then on the other hand, on the back end, they're working to silence conservative freedom of speech, small podcast shows, small websites, independent news broadcasting companies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was a story about the FCC chairman. They're mad at him because he's eliminating a lot of net neutrality laws. Net neutrality laws, for instance, says that a radio station for every hour of conservative broadcasting has to show an hour of liberal broadcasting. And they're mad because the FCC is removing that restriction, that net neutrality restriction. And so broadcaster stations are providing program that the people want. And the people generally in rural, smaller communities are listening to conservative stations. They're listening to conservative shows, shows like this one, shows like many others, Rush Limbaugh, others, AM radio, AM radio conservatives, and the liberals are mad too. They're not trying to sell you a narrative so much as trying to silence conservative hosts, conservative jobs, businesses providing money, Citizens United, like I said, is a freedom of speech issue. They're trying to silence conservatives on that level. They're not trying to say our argument is better. They're trying to keep you from telling the American people about the other side of the coin. And that tells you something about the Democrats in general. It tells you something about the narrative. They like a situation where they're in charge. They don't want to hear, let you decide. Democracy is threatened by this narrative. Democracy is what? Governance by consent. It doesn't matter if it's a republic. Republic is a form of democracy. It's representative government. Democracy is what? Governance by consent. We agree that these people are going to run our country and make decisions for us. And if we don't like them, we can remove them. But if you don't get the argument, if you don't hear both sides of the argument, policy differences, differences in narrative, what they want for America, where they want America to go, if you're signed, you don't hear conservative voices, you only hear the liberals, which most of the mainstream media is, MSNBC, CNN, whatnot, they only provide one side of the coin, then you don't know. You don't know what the other differences are. You don't know the conservative point of view. You don't know the alternative point. And so therefore, your consent to be governed is, is damaged. That's the, what they don't want to hear. You know, the big story about Russian collusion, what is Russian collusion? What is Russian interference in the election? It's Russians putting out alternative points of view. 
That's what it is. They're saying that democracy is being interfered by you hearing alternative points of view, that you can't think for yourselves. Classic liberalism. You can't think for yourselves. You're too stupid. You'll just hunt all the kings the air. You'll burn down the forest. You'll mine all the copper out. You'll destroy the environment. We're in charge. We know what to do, and we know how to run things, and you don't. It's the same thing over and over again. They don't just lie to you. They conceal the truth from you. And that's how they can say, oh, we always tell the truth. Oh, we always tell the facts. Yeah, but you only told one set of facts. You don't point out some other truths. It's like climate change. They put, oh, the climate's getting warmer. Climate's getting warmer. But they don't tell you what it, it's always gotten warmer. It gets cold. It gets warm. Thousands of years. Millennial history. That's what they're not telling you. That it's not necessarily a problem if that's what it happens all the time. We got to move on. I want to talk about Joe Biden and this globalism. We'll be right back. You know, there's a, a narrative that's floating out there. Liberals love narratives. This is be the way it is because this, this, and this. And don't listen to that guy. Don't listen to him. There's a narrative out there. CNN, MSNBC have all been pitching it. It's amazing how they all say the same thing all the time. Use the same words. Use the same language. Isn't that interesting? I don't know if it's necessarily a plot. I just think they all copy each other because that's like what goes around. They all talk to each other. We saw that in the Podesta emails, didn't we? We saw MSNBC, CNN, whether it's communicating with the Clinton team. Clinton team would say, well, this is what we say. Oh, okay. Oh, really? That's how you're going to go with it? Okay. And then they just repeat it and regurgitate it. It's not a plot so much as that they're all talking to each other. They all think the same way. Joe Biden is saying Donald Trump's a problem. Donald Trump is the problem. And the rest of the world says it. That's why they that's why I'm running because the rest of the world says, "Oh please, Joe Biden, please be president of the United States." I don't see that as a positive. I'm sorry, but I don't want the country to run like the rest of the world. I've been the rest of the world. It sucks. It's a museum and they're dead and dying cultures. There's a reason why America is what it is because we left that. So when other world leaders who are getting fucked over left and right by Donald Trump and trade deals, say to Joe Biden to run, what does that tell you? We don't want Trump. We don't want a strong America. We don't want these trade deals where we have to actually put up or shut up because that's what's going on in our trade deals. The renegotiation and NAFTA, the renegotiation of the Chinese deals, which is imminent. The renegotiation of the lousy Trans-Pacific Partnership, other trade deals that are going on all the time. I'm seeing little stories in third-party media sources where, oh, Donald Trump on, this, on a side note renegotiated a dairy contract here, renegotiated a pork contract. And some people get put out of work by that, people who've been relying on these bad trade deals. So the rest of the world says, you know, this sucks. We used to have it so good. We could sell our goods over in America and, and we didn't have to worry about losing our market share here in our own country. And that made us more powerful worldwide. That, that, we, that sucks that Donald Trump's doing that. Donald Trump's protecting the steel market, protecting this market, protecting coal, protecting our energy production. We're now producing more energy than Saudi Arabia. And that began even before Trump, long before he became president. He's protecting it now with trade deals. You know, all these little stories that are out there. I post them to our Facebook site all the time. That's why I recommend you, you join Facebook and get those emails. I may start putting these stories on our website. May I, I'm probably going to do it. It's just, it's kind of awkward. But that being said, if the rest of the world is happy that Donald Trump is going, that Joe Biden would make a better president, then I say don't vote for Joe Biden. That's my attitude. I'm glad the rest of the world is mad at us. We're king of the hill. I want to stay there. Make America great again. That's what I'm for. 
Why would you want a president who other nations think is a good president? Isn't that what the Russian narrative is all about? Isn't that what we were told with Russian collusion, with the Mueller report, with all this investigating Donald Trump? Oh, it's terrible. What's so terrible? Oh, the Russians wanted Donald Trump as a president. Oh, we got to investigate that. That's illegal. That's how, oh man, we don't want those guys. Now the rest of the world saying, uh, Joe Biden is standing in front of America. Classic Joe foot in the mouth Biden. Oh, the rest of the world wants me as president. So, yo, who should vote for me? Well, wait a second. We don't, we're, we're talking about putting our president in jail because of Russian collusion. How is that different? Typical Joe Biden didn't even realize what he was saying. I, I don't want anybody in as president except the guy who says, I want to make America the best country in, this, in the world. What's wrong with that? What's so terrible? You know, the whole make America great thing again. You know, they're going after it left and right. Don't wear the red hat. We'll beat you up. Don't make America great again. Oh, that's racist. Oh, we, well, well, we don't, well, you know, we don't want America. Why, why, is, that, why is that a problem? I, I would think that every person, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, would want to make America great. Why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to live in the greatest country in the land? Now, you may have different ideas about it. You may say, well, I want to live every, you know, everybody wants to be on trains and live in wood buildings, I suppose. You know, the Democrats should have said, should have come after Make America Great as, hey, we want to make America great too. But we think it's great because if we do this and we do that, and we do that. It's a better argument, isn't it? But they don't do that. Knock the hat off your head. Make America great, racist. Ah! It's it's typical. Don't listen to the truth. That's why you know. That's why the subject of the show today is the truth is being concealed from you. Shut you down. Don't make our case. Let's shut your case down. Joe Biden. I should be president because the rest of the world thinks it's a good idea. That's his argument. I'm going to bring sanity back to the, to the White House. You mean because the media and everyone is howling that Hillary Clinton is not the president, that they're acting like a bunch of crybabies, that we should put you in charge so they won't act like cryberries, that we should give in to the temper tantrum. That's your argument. No, really. That's what Joe Biden's argument is. I'm the more safe, I'm more the same candidate, and all of this nonsense, all of this craziness will all go away if you like me. Well, all that craziness is because you're having a temper tantrum that Trump is president. You know, even the Republicans want him gone. Well, what does that tell you? What does it tell you when, when, when the Republican establishment wants Trump gone too? Yeah, man, that's the guy you want, right? right? I mean, think about it. Just I put your brain to work. Don't you want a president that everybody's trying to get rid of? What, what, what does that tell you? You know, they've had it good for 30 years. I, I did this joke on, on a couple, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. When, they, when Mike Pence and, and uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi were sitting in the Oval Office and they had an argument in front of the cameras. You know, he, he was saying, no, Nancy Pelosi, we're going to do this. We're going to build that wall. And Chuck Schumer was, oh, no, it's stupid. We're not going to build the wall. And they had this argument about immigration. And Mike Pence was sitting in the vice president's chair right behind the president, a little to his right, and he was just sitting there with this dumb look on his face. He's the face of the Republican Party. Can't we just go back to fucking over the American people? Can't we just go back to where we were all making money and the American people were stupid and didn't know what we were doing to them? That, that was the look on Mike Pence's face. That's the face of the Republican Party. Can't we just go back where we all got along, left wing and right wing, with a wink and a nod, and we were, you know, basically getting rich, fucking over the American people? That's what they want. That's why they're mad about Donald Trump. But the Republican Party is in an awkward position because Trump ran as a Republican. You understand? So they can't openly attack Donald Trump because that would be suicide for them and for the party. The party, you know, everything's got to be the party. Democrats are, are fighting as a, a block, but so do the Republicans. Oh, we got to protect the party. We'll just we'll live with Donald Trump. He's you know we got we got that we got that huge tax break. So I guess we can live with Donald Trump for another four years. We're getting all, we're getting elected left and right because of Donald Trump. As long as you say you're on side with Donald Trump, you're okay. That was the look on Mike Pence's face. That's not a thing to be proud of, Joe. To say that the rest of the world wants you there. 
If there are Republicans that are going to run against Donald Trump in the primary, they got no chance. But what are they running on too? I'll bring sanity back to the Republican Party. I'll I'll bring I I'll be I'll be the good guy. You know that's what the Never Trumpers say. How can you vote for Donald Trump? He's immoral. He's a bad person. Yeah, like the Republicans, like Mitt Romney, is such a cool guy. Whenever whenever I get a Never a Never Trumper on Twitter, and they say, you know, we need to vote for a new Republican. You know, Donald, how can you support Donald Trump? We need a more honest candidate. This guy's talking about women in such and such a way, talking about brown people in such and such a way. I go, really? Provide me a candidate that you say is more honest than Donald Trump. Any candidate, show me that candidate. can't do it. Because their mouth, they gags on the words Mitt Romney. They gag on John Kasich, right? I, I like to send a meme around. You know, there's a picture of Mitt Romney, Marco Rubio, uh, Jeb Bush, John McCain's like the back of his head. Or I think it's Kasich. They all four of them are in a, a private plane, and they're all laughing. And I go, "We got to do something about Trump. Put Kasich on it. He's a sneaky shit like you, McCain. You know that kind of thing goes on behind the scenes. They're no better. They're all politicians. You know how a politician, you know, is, is lying to you when their lips are moving. Okay, and and I believe me when I tell you." Donald Trump isn't such a nice guy either. The Mueller report showed that. But he didn't break the law. He didn't do anything, do anything terrible. So what if he didn't notify the FBI that he thought Russians might be, you know, providing him bad information? Every politician does it. Every politician seeks bad information. That's what the Mueller report said. It's not illegal. Not unethical. Eh, maybe he should have said something. But that's not his job. It's Barack Obama's job. He was the president at the time. He's supposed to protect the country. That's his job. That's the job of the FBI and the CIA. Where were they? Investigating Trump. Great. For political purposes. So they can come out after the election. The insurance policy that Peter Strzok talked about. You have to understand the minds of these people. Okay? So when Joe Biden says, oh, the rest of the world wants me as president, he put his foot in his mouth. I'm not interested. We fought a war in 1776 to not give a shit what the King of England says, okay? That's what he needs to understand. I don't care what the rest of the world wants. And frankly, what the rest of the world wants, take a look at the rest of the world. The rest of the world, 90% of the world's a shithole. It's filthy. It's dirty. People live in poverty. They don't have clean running water. They don't have safety sanitation. They live in little shoe boxes in the rest of the world. No thanks. They live in buildings that haven't been turned over since the 1600s. Screw that. And they keep signing up for it. You know why? Because they don't know any better. They've experienced socialism so long, they don't know what it's like to live in a free market economy. All they know is, is we got to get to America because it's the greatest country in the world. They're lining up. Thousands of people coming here. There's a reason. Honduras, Guatemala, Venezuela. Ecuador, they're shitholes. I, I would go too. Why wouldn't you? I don't, I don't blame those people for wanting to come here, but understand this. Joe Biden is running on a platform that says the leaders of these countries want me as president. What, is that, what does that tell you? That's a guy to be avoided, right? We got to move on. I got to talk a little bit about that, all about all these people coming to the United States. Why it's a good thing and why it's bad. We'll be right back. You know, on Facebook, a family member used an expression, which I want to thank him for. It was a great expression. People like Omar, uh, Representative Tlaib, these kind of people, anti-Semitic comments, how they were afraid during 9-11 and that kind of thing, creating this narrative that America is the problem. They're just the tip of the spear. It's a great expression, a spear that's aimed at the heartland of America. And a lot of this is because we've allowed 
willy-nilly immigration and not integrated all of these immigrants into America. America is a nation of immigrants, by, by and large, okay? Americans, for instance, are not reproducing at a level sufficient to survive its own population. In other words, we're not having as many children as we used to. And this has been that way in America for a long time. Americans are generally are more attuned to education, science, and whatnot. They know economically it's more viable to have less children or only have children when they can afford to, so they generally have children later in life. That, this is just what it means to live in America. And so America grows through immigration. I'm a big fan of immigration. I'm the great-grandson of an immigrant, Ireland. We, a lot of Irish people came to America, and we faced Im immigration uh, discrimination as well. Every immigrant does. Every na national immigration group, when their time came, Italians, Chinese, faced discrimination. As a matter of fact, the reason why we have the law saying that you can have an anchor baby, an immigrant who has a child is a natural-born citizen, regardless of their status of legality. Is because the, when that happened, when the Chinese immigrants came to America, they came largely as quote unquote illegal immigrants. They didn't register when they came to the shores of the United States, even though that was required at the time, and came and had children here in the United States. And then there was a case where a Chinese immigrant's son, an illegal immigrant's son, and brought it to the Supreme Court. And they said, no, he was born here in America, and therefore he is legal. So every group has faced discrimination. That's not the problem, okay? The problem is we have rampant immigration with people who don't want to become Americans. That's the problem. Don't want to learn languages, don't want to adhere to laws, want to bring their third world life with them. And the worst part of it is, is that people here in this country, leaders of our country, not only are enabling it, they're encouraging it. Because they want our country to be what? Like the shitholes they came from. Because in those shitholes that they came from, pardon my French, the people that are in charge are in power. And they're the people in charge. So naturally, they want that. They want people to be living dependent upon government. They want people to do what they're told. This is the best thing for you. Eat less sugar. Eat less fat. We'll get to it in a minute. Don't eat so much meat. Don't live in tall steel and glass skyscrapers. Live in little grass huts. Because, yeah, there's only so much food in the world. There's only, they keep telling you that. Only so much food in the world. Meanwhile, they dine in expensive restaurants, fly private jets, big limos, they all fly in private jets to these climate change conferences, which I find laughable. Tell us that plastic straws are the problem. Meanwhile, most of the world, the, where they live in socialist countries, are providing 60 to 70% of the pollution in the world. But my plastic straw is the problem. They do that because they want to limit your consumption of the goods because there are a limited amount of cows. There are a limited amount of land that we have for that. I, I don't deny that. See, that's the truth they're concealing. They're, they're right about that. The world can only support so many cattle. The world can only support so much meat, so much pork. There's a limit to the amount of natural resources we have. I get that. It takes time for the earth to renew those resources. I get that too. But they want to limit you using it so there's more for them. That's what they're not telling you. That's the truth they're concealing. If you people eat all the pork and you people all eat all the meat, you'll live like kings. We can't have that because then what happens? I can't live in the expensive yacht. I can't live in the huge skyscraper and look down on everybody else. I got to look across the thing. I can't live. It's no good being the king if everybody's the king, right? I mean, think about that from a king point of view, from a noble point of view. It's no good to be a nobleman if everybody's a nobleman. What's the point? What's the point of being in charge if everybody's in charge? What's the point of being in control if everybody just looks you in the eye and goes, ah, fuck you. I'm not going to do that. It's no fun at all, right? Not if you're into power, if you're into control, which the Democrats are. Democrats are all about control. And the tip of the spear, that expression, the spear that is being shoved into America, 
is bringing people into our country and not bringing them here to be Americans, but being what? We're going to change America. I see it all the time, especially in people like Rashida Tlaib, like Omar Ilhan. They don't want traditional American values. They say American values, things that we believe in, are somehow wrong. No, you're eating too much cattle. You're driving around in planes instead of trains. They love trains because they love shoving people into boxcars. Let's be honest. That's why they want all of these immigration ways into the country that don't involve citizenship. The guy that was just in the huge wreck here in, in, in I think it was Colorado, there was a I-70. I think it was Colorado. It might have been. Another, it doesn't matter. It was on I-70. Killed a whole bunch of people. He's a truck driver. He was a young man, 20, 25, said his brakes failed. But basically, he was negligent. From what I understand, they're charging him with basically negligence and deliberate negligence. He was an immigrant, but he was here on a green card from Cuba, of all places. What are we doing taking immigrants from green cards in Cuba? How does that work? He was not coming here to be a citizen. He was coming here to profit off the American way of life. And then, of course, basically selling how we're the problem. Donald Trump's the problem because he's restricting immigration from these nations. Well, those nations are a problem. They're not providing proper paperwork. <coughs> Excuse me. They're not providing proper paperwork, so why, why would we allow that immigration? Why are we allowing people to come here willy-nilly on green courts and then just stay? That's illegal immigration too. Why are we allowing people en masse to come here, work, and never become an American citizen? Being an American citizen means more than just working here and living here. It means a duty to the republic. It means becoming a functional part of society. It means believing in the same things that we do. Constitutional values. Not waving the Palestinian flag, waving the American flag. Not saying how all the things we're doing is wrong. Not saying that American politics is controlled by Jewish money, an anti-Semitic comment. Everyone knows it. It's saying, no, we need to defend Israel because it's like our country. It's a democracy in the Middle East. No, the Jewish people are an important part of, a, of the world culture. The Jewish people suffered horribly at the hands of Nazi Germany. They fought for independence in, in, a, in a land called Israel. We need to help them defend it. That's what America is all about, American values. And so they want to encourage this kind of nonsense where our immigration laws are so loose that you can get in here in a hundred different ways. And the corporations are benefiting from too. They're bringing in huge amounts of people on these 12B1, HB1, XB5 visas. There's a hundred different ways to come into this country. And all of them are a problem. In my personal opinion, and I know I'm in the minority on this, you should only limit it to a very small handful of people. Anyone else has to come here as an American citizen or as a tourist. Six-week visa, three-week visa, two-week visa, whatever. But if you want to come here and you want to work, you've got to be an American citizen or at least be in the process. Green card means one thing. Short time only should be only a three or four month visa at most. Anything else you want to stay longer than that? You've got to be an American citizen. I believe that. You come here for an education? Okay, you can come here for one year. You want to come here and learn the rest of that education? American citizenship. You could go back to your country, but you have to learn our ways and be an American citizen to do it. You want to get that four year degree from hard? American citizenship. Why should we build a nation that's a better nation than anywhere else in the world that has to build walls to keep people out just so other people can benefit from it? That's nonsense. It's nonsense. Be an American citizen. Learn the language, learn the laws, learn the culture, and then be a part of it. And then believe in it because anyone who goes through the process becomes an American, in my opinion. In my opinion. Now, you believe that you want to turn America into a shithole like that you came from and you still are American citizen, well, that's the American way too. Freedom of speech, convincing people of your ideas, okay, but do it as an American citizen. That's important.
that's important we impress our values upon anyone that comes here. That's how you spread American values. That's why they don't want it. Because they know if people come here for an educational work and then become an American citizen, go through the process, taking the test, learning our laws, learning our ways, learning our languages. English language is the American language. That's why they teach it on the citizenship test. I don't want to hear no nonsense about how nation, our nation's in a lot of languages. No, we have a lot of languages here, but there's one language, English. That's why we teach it. It's why the Constitution was written in English, not in Spanish. These are our values. They know that if you go through that process, you won't want to go back to where you came from. You don't want to believe in the things that you learned in Honduras, Guatemala, and, and XYZ land. You become an educated, productive citizen. They don't want that. They want to use you, whether you're an immigrant or a non-immigrant. And they know that if you don't go through that process, you'll start to believe in the same things that you came from because you didn't know any better. And so you'll want to change America. Uh, we, I think we need to change America. I need to think we need to be more like Honduras. We need to be more like Guatemala. No. No. That's not the American way. That's how you spread American values. Because even if they go back to their home country, even if a student from India comes here for a year and then wants to stay and get that full four-year Harvard degree, if they become an American citizen, even if they go back to India, what are they going to spread? American values. And maybe India will change. That's what they don't want. God forbid that people come here, become American citizens, and then go back to their home countries. Oh, my God. Can't have that. Because then they won't argue for Joe Biden. They'll argue for Donald Trump. That's what they're not telling you. The truth that they're concealing. It's a dagger, a spear pointed at the heart of America and our value system. Our laws, our constitution, our culture, and our language. That's why it needs to be stopped. Not immigration, but illegal immigration in a variety of ways. Because America is changing. It's not the color of the skin. It's the ideas in their head. We need to move on. I want to talk a little bit about the truth they're concealing about junk food, sugar, and fat. And it's non-political, but it's important because it goes back to what we were talking about. We'll be right back. There was an interesting story that's now making the internet and they're pumping it. They're hitting, I've noticed that a number of news media sites are hitting it on Twitter several times a day. I'm one of the people that basically monitors things all the time. Got a couple of monitors, another one over here. And I let things run. I got feeds. And I noticed that certain stories come up a lot. That means they're trying to sell me some bullshit. Anytime they print a story and then it comes up three or four times in a week, yeah, they're trying to sell me something. They're trying to sell you now that sugar is a problem. They've been trying to tell you that in a number of ways, but now the big story is, oh, they found a note or a paper back in the late 60s that was trying to encourage people to tell you that fat was the problem when it's not. It's really sugar. That your obesity is a problem. Obesity is a problem, but that's not the reason. Fat and sugar is not the reason people are fat. The reason people are fat is because they keep trying to get the magic pill. Well, I'll just eliminate this. Well, I'll just eliminate that. Well, I'll eat this kind of food. I'll join this club, Weight Watchers. You know what Weight Watchers does? reduces your intake of calories, period, plain and simple. The human body is an air pump, plain and simple. That's all it is. <coughs> and so as an air pump, as a biological air pump, that's all you do, pump air, <gasps> breathing in and out. As a biological pump, it consumes what? Energy, right? Energy. Needs energy, and we get energy from food. Calories. Your body consumes kilocalories, energy consumption. You produce body heat, and you produce exhaled gases. An air pump. 
If you want to lose weight, you need to burn more calories than you consume. That's it. No magic pills, no clubs. It doesn't matter if you consume nothing but fat. doesn't matter if you consume nothing but sugar. Truth is, you need to burn more calories than you consume, and most Americans don't. Certain foods, you burn energy faster, or you burn energy in a different way. If you consume sugar instead of fat, it has a tendency, because of the way, to burn a lot of energy quickly and store some of it as fat. Every calorie that you consume, I've done huge amounts of research on this, every calorie that you consume, burgers, hot dogs, pizza, vegetables, a certain percentage of that cal caloric consumption goes toward what? Stores. Your body stores it. The more variety of foods you eat, the more your body stores fat in the form of fat cells, okay? It's not fat consumption. It's the storing of fat. And some foods like sugar, fat, fast foods, which are rich in those, have a tendency to store more of the calories as fat rather than burn it immediately in energy consumption. That's why when you eat some foods, if you'll notice, your body temperature changes as far as how much body heat you're blowing off. That's why people with muscles have a tendency to blow up a lot of heat. They're consuming more protein and whatnot. But bottom line, if you just use more calories than you consume, you'll lose weight. Now, if you consume a lot of fat and sugar, you'll have to exercise more. Because why? More of that goes towards stores, fat. That's it, though. There's no magic cure. No, ma But see, what they're doing is, and nutritionists are famous for this, they focus on the fact that calories, some of your calories that you consume are stored as fat. But if you eat these kind of foods, you'll lose weight. And you eat this, and you eat grapefruit, and you use that, and this, it's all big game. Americans, by and large, live a more sedentary life because they have more things available to entertain them in the home than ever before. Video games, television, movies. These are all things that are sedentary activities. Reading, internet, playing on your cell phone, sedentary activity. The rest of the world doesn't have access to the kind of things that we have here in America. We are a wealthy nation. People live in air-conditioned homes here. They have access to television, TV. This is it. It's a wealthy nation. Our standard of living is much higher than the average person's. If you go into the average person's home in Sweden or France, it doesn't look anything like an American home. Half of them don't even have friggin' dishwashers, for God's sakes. They wash dishes by hand. You got the damn laundry in the friggin' kitchen cabinet, a little friggin' box. That's the way the rest of the world lives. Screw that. So as a result, we have a tendency to be more sedentary. That's why we put on fat. The problem is not fat and sugar, it's spoons and forks. Put them down. And of course, we have a more variety of foods. Go into any supermarket. You think a supermarket in America looks anything like a supermarket in Guatemala or France for that matter? Not on your life. There's a wider variety of foods, richer quality content, all kinds of things available in American supermarkets that aren't available in the rest of the world. As a result, Americans have a tendency to eat a wide variety of foods. We're constantly into what? Larger kitchens in our home. What does that tell you? We're spending too much time in the kitchen and not enough out on the baseball field. When I was a kid, when there was a neighborhood that had nothing but tracked homes, the parks were full of kids playing soccer, playing ball, playing things. There were kids in the street playing stickball, New York. Famous. You don't see that anymore because they're all inside doing this. Guys are getting automobile accidents because what? Doing this. People aren't working as many hours in America as they are in other nations. Not working later. Not working laborious jobs. They're working sedentary jobs. Why? What is the liberal narrative? Get a college degree. Why? So you can get a good job. But what does that job mean? Sitting in a cubicle. That's why health clubs are so popular. Get out and run. But that's not, that's not the same as being more active. All my life I've been thin until recently. What happened recently? I broke my leg and became more sedentary. So I'm not as active as I used to be. I used to do all kinds of stuff. I was constantly doing stuff. Going to Death Valley, going to the mountains, just exploring. That burns a lot of energy. Driving somewhere, 
getting out, hiking, biking. I don't do that anymore. I still eat the same. But I had a conversation with my doctor. I did some things that improved the condition of my life, and now I'm more active. Guess what? I lose weight. I lose weight. I still eat the same foods. And then, of course, she gets my blood profile. She says, I don't understand. She says, what's your diet? What are you doing to get your triglycerides down and cholesterol down? Did you drop out bacon? Did you drop out sugar? No. No. I'm just more active. And, and then during the week, I just have a light meal during the day. I don't eat three meals a day because I don't have time for it. I'm busy doing stuff. I'm more active. That's the key, folks. It's not exercise. It's activity. Get out and do stuff. Take a walk in the mall. Go window shopping. Then go do something. Go hang out with your family. Go to church. Put down the cell phones. Put down the video games. Get more active. And then, of course, eat less. Put down the spoon. Eat whatever you want. I eat whatever I want. I go out to eat. I have a good time. French toast. If I'm going out for breakfast, I go, give me the French toast and bacon. Give me a double order of bacon and an English muffin to go with it. All those carbohydrates, right? Bad for me. Blood test. I'm right here. How do you do that? My, my doctor. How you, how, what are you doing? Do you go to a plant-based diet? No. I eat whatever I want. I just don't eat like, a, like I used to, and I'm a hell of a lot more active now because my leg doesn't bother me as much anymore, hardly at all. As a matter of fact, the other day, I was able to run for the first time in a long time in a park. I was like, yeah, play basketball. Be more active. Do more things. Involve yourself in more things. Step away from the video screen. Step away from the cell phone. Put the friggin' thing down and give up all that shit. And be more active. And then, of course, eat whatever you want. Just do it in moderation. Stop plowing down whole pizzas at a time and put, you know, get a piece or two. Eat bacon. Eat fat. Eat That's not the problem. The problem is your activity level as Americans, is far low. We're out of time. Once again, we're out of time. Sorry. I do an hour show, and then I move on. This is why I asked you to donate money to Patreon. We are a crowdfunded show. $2. That's all I ask from every listener. It's so hard to get people to donate. I get a few people donate every month that come into the... Then I get a couple people to go out. It, the rotation is too high. We got to get you people consistently on $2. If I get most of you people, if I had, I mean, every day, you get, I get hundreds of listens to this show on Facebook alone, hundreds on, on other sources, another few hundred on the radio, another few hundred on Spotify. If I could get all those people to donate two bucks, man, what I could do with it. Because I could put that money to work like you can't believe. I got so many good ideas, but it requires hiring people and doing things. I'm just, I'm, I'm the money that I generate from Patreon is only part of the, re, the, re, the revenue I get. So if you feel that you don't want to do that, that you don't want to put your name down, you don't want to put $2, okay. Retweet the show, share the show, tell other people about it. These are all things which help the show expand. If I can get the listener count high enough, I can go back to some of these radio stations and I go, buy my show. Here, here's the podcast. We'll cut it any way you want. Put me on at 2 a.m., for God's sakes. If you're a radio station and you're listening to this, say, hey, why don't you get this show? I send this show out all the time. Well, you're not generating enough listeners. Well, you know, blah, blah, blah. please. That's the way you can help the show. Donate through Patreon and share it. Those two things. If I get everybody to do that, I'm the most famous guy all of a sudden. It's so hard to get people to do that. But we're out of time for today. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I've got a couple ideas of what we're going to do. And um, uh, we're moving forward. And, and I listen to your input too. Also, you know, if you, if you think I could do something differently or you got an idea, hey, let me know. I'm not going to say I'm going to do it. I'm just, I listen to you. I, I'm, this is a listener-oriented show. But we're out of time for today. Take care. Have a good one. If you are the dealer, I'm out of the game. If you are the healer. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.